Welcome to this podcast from the IOD Centre for Corporate Governance. I'm Chris Hodge. I'm the Senior Advisor at the Centre. This is the third in a series of podcasts looking at the link between governance and innovation. The Centre launched an inquiry into the subject in June and we'll be publishing a report later in the year which will set out our findings and recommendations. The development and diffusion of new products, services and processes is a significant driver of growth and productivity. It's also crucial to the transition to an economy that's more sustainable in its use of resources. Historically, the innovation performance of UK companies is mixed. We've had some high-performing businesses and sectors, but a long tail of non-innovative companies. So there's a lot of work to be done. Now, obviously, there are many factors influencing a company's ability to innovate. But in this review, we're looking just at the impact of governance on the company. The role of the board, the corporate culture, where innovation sits in the structure and so on and to some extent of factors such as the impact of ownership and the rules and regulations under which companies operate. One of the Centre's partners in this review is Board Intelligence, who support boards and leadership teams to ensure they have the high-quality information they need to take smart decisions and drive better outcomes. And over the last couple of months, Board Intelligence have interviewed a large number of board members and senior executives on the Centre's behalf to get their take on the subject. So I'm delighted to have as our guest today, Megan Pantelides, who's the Executive Director of Research for Board Intelligence. And Megan has been leading their contribution to the inquiry and so is ideally placed to share with us what they've been hearing in their interviews. Welcome, Megan, and, and to start with, many thanks to you and your colleagues for all the support you've been giving us. Thank you, Chris. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, delighted to have been able to support the Centre's inquiry and have an excuse to go and talk about innovation. It's such an interesting topic. Uh, board intelligence wouldn't be here without innovation. Um, but I think for anyone who knows board intelligence, they'll know just how much uh, we believe in the power of good governance. So it's been particularly interesting to look at innovation through that lens. And uh, for me, it's been quite rewarding to see that there are things that organizations, leaders and their, and their board members can be doing to improve their own ability to innovate through governance. Yeah, and it's been very encouraging for us that uh, you've been picking it up in your interviews and, and we have in the ones we've been conducting as well. I'm, where I'd like to start, which is perhaps a slightly odd place for inquiries about innovation, is actually talking about whether people understand what we mean by by that term. I mean, what we've been finding is that Many people have slightly different definitions of innovation, and you can sometimes lead to conversations happening across purposes, uh, which may not matter for the sort of conversations we've been having, but certainly when you're in the board, you do want that common understanding. So from what you've heard from, from the interviewees you've spoken to, do you think boards have a common understanding both of what innovation is and how, what it means for their company? Yeah, the short answer is no. Um, and I found that quite surprising, as I, as I think uh, many of uh, our team did and, and, and you as well. And I started the inquiry holding the definition that you'd used in your uh, call for evidence in my mind. I thought it was relatively uncontroversial. Um, but then when I started the uh, interviews and started by asking people, the question, you know, what does innovation mean? What does it mean to you, to you and the organisations that you work with? I got as many different answers as I did interviews, and I found that quite surprising. And and so I started to ask more questions to try and unpack that a little bit. And 
it became clear really that it's just not something that people really discuss. Um, and I suspect it might be because in the same way that I did starting this uh, research process, um, I kind of just assumed that I knew what it meant and that everybody else had the same the same view. But the reality obviously is that that's not the case. And I think there are two main areas um, of inconsistency. The first is around whether innovation uh, pertains to um, just products and services. So ways that you solve your customers' problems or the problems that you solve, um, or whether it's actually also about the way you operate as a business, whether it's internal and external. And I think most people tend towards the external, but uh, it's clear that the internal has a role to play and, and it is worth thinking about that in terms of your, your own definition of, of innovation. Um, and the other, the other difference was really more, I think, more a philosophical thing. Is innovation fundamental, intrinsic, kind of core to your being as a business? Is it like breathing is to humans? Or is it a goal or a project, something you work towards? So that, you know, is innovation a means or an end, I think is, is, a, is a big driver of that um, inconsistency. And ultimately, this is important because it impacts how a board talks about it, how they prioritize it, how they uh, how they allocate resources to it. So it also impacts the long term value that it that it can generate for an organization. No, I think those are some interesting observations. I think the, the question about whether it's a means or to an to an end or an end in itself, I think perhaps we could come back to. I was going to ask later on about um, how things differ between companies depending on size and, and sectors, and I think that may be one of the the considerations there. But in terms of uh, what you were talking about, about the, the board has conversations, um, possibly if, if there isn't a shared understanding of, of what innovation means for the company, this second question is is a bit, a bit moot anyway. But do you think there's at least an understanding or a shared understanding of what the right role for the board is in terms of encouraging innovation? Yes, um, and I'm, I'm pleased that the uh, you know, starting out, I, I expected I'd hear the cynical view that organisations innovate in spite of their boards, not because of them. And, and I was pleased that, that I didn't hear that all too often in, in the interviews that I conducted. And the importance of the role of the board was highlighted not just by the non-executives, it was also highlighted by the executives I spoke to. I think there are four areas where boards can be particularly influential. Um, I think the first really just starts with setting the tone and it stems from that discussion around what innovation is and what it means to the organisation. It's defining that and then weaving it into the organisation's strategy and its goals and into the board's priorities. And that ultimately helps to make sure that the board gives it the right focus and that that cascades through the organisation. So you know, where does innovation sit in the, in, the, in, the, in the mix with everything else that we as an organisation are trying to do and be and achieve? Um, one board member described it quite nicely, I think, when they said that they think about the role of their board as being to focus in on the singularly most powerful action that will drive a business forward. And, and, and in his view, that was innovation. Innovation was the thing that the board needed to, to focus in on because that, that was going to have the biggest impact on the organization's success in the long run. So I think, I think that kind of highlights to me one aspect of where the board 
uh, can play a role. And I, and I think then it's about operationalizing, isn't it? It's about making sure that the board actually does spend time on those things uh, and, and has the right discussions around them. And one area I think that uh, is a particular focus for most builds, obviously, is, is risk. And I think it came through a number of the interviews that it's important for boards to have an open discussion, a, a regular discussion about what level of risk they're willing to tolerate around innovation. So there's an understanding, of course, that not all innovations succeed. Um, but if they don't succeed, what are the what are the likely implications, and are we uh, are we comfortable with those? Um, good example that was that, that was shared was uh, you know farming business and looking at different innovations that may have an impact on increasing yield. They can also have an impact and decrease yield if they don't work. And they're regularly having conversations as a board as to whether if yield falls by X percent because of this innovation not working, you know, what does X have to be for us to be comfortable or not comfortable with that? So I think I think then the conversation about risk and risk appetite is a really important part of the board kind of seeing that um, seeing that vision kind of in, into into reality. I think the next big area is around culture, and I, there's there's much that's been said and written and discussed about how difficult culture is, um, but I think here the levers are very similar to those that are being used by boards to drive forward lots of other uh, priorities. For example, diversity and inclusion is the one that sort of springs most easily to mind. Um, here, it's really about setting the example, creating the type of conversation that reflects the culture that you're, you're looking to build in your organization. And, and with innovation, that is around curiosity and about giving people permission to try and to test and to learn um, an openness to ideas and challenge. And I think that's something we'd like to see in every board, but I think it's particularly powerful in, in driving an innovative culture. Um, another big part of that then is, is about asking the right questions. And here it's important for the board to uh, focus in on questions that will really cut through and help the organization to allocate resources in the right way to the most important risks and opportunities to surface the best ideas and to help them fly to shape them so i think balancing the board's responsibilities to supervise to seek assurance on the delivery of plans is is one big part of it obviously but the other big part of it is, is the board's role to steer and shape and, and ask the questions mm -hmm. that will really help the organization to, to make those important leapfrogs and thinking um then there's the time old challenge of you know, how do you measure, monitor that? And, and again, the board sets the tone by focusing in on the right metrics, the right kind of discussion points. And then I suppose the last thing really is about perspective. And I, I think this is, um, this is where boards that are recruited thoughtfully um, can really excel in bringing big picture perspective and external insights into the boardroom. You know, what are the trends? What's going on elsewhere? What are our competitors doing? How's the world evolving? Um, you know, how is the problem that we solve changing? You know, those are big picture questions, but I think that that dose of external perspective really helps a board to, to cut through and answer those. And then there's you know, curiosity about the customer and, and, and the world that you inhabit and trying to really get, understand um, that in as, as closely as, as is possible um, as a non-exec. So yeah, there's, there, there's a few different things there, but I think you know, culture, um, setting the direction, 
seeing where understanding and, and communicating and clarifying where innovation sits in the pecking order and how how much time and attention it's going to get um yeah they're all very important ways that the board can influence how successfully an organization innovates no i think i think it's um Please, you mentioned all of those different elements of the board draw because one of the things that's been coming through in the conversations we've been having uh, has been that uh, it's not so much a definition of innovation, but the how you have a definition of successful innovation perhaps is one that isn't just a good idea; it's one that is adopted and delivered through to to be a either a sort of commercial proposition or to improve the efficiency of the organisation or in some way, and that that requires all of those things you've been been talking about, you need a recognition that it's a priority, risk management so that you are taking measured risks, not uh, not reckless risks. Uh, crucially, the culture, which has come through, I think, in, in almost every single conversation that that we've had. Uh, so all of, and all of those things, obviously, are then greatly informed by, as you say, by the composition of the board and the range of of perspectives and mindsets there. One of the people we spoke to said, for example, that they th they always try to have at least one third of the board being what they called creative people, rather than people who were there with a what might be a more risk averse mindset, mm. just to, to ensure there's a bit of balance. Um, yeah. So I think it's it's interesting that you picked up on all of those points. The the other thing you mentioned, which was going to be my next question, um, and this is an area of measurement of board information and, and, and metrics that board intelligence has done a lot of work on over the years, is whether whether boards have a clear idea of how you measure innovation as an activity, given that it's so sort of dispersed in, in the sort of way we've been talking about it. I mean, our experience um, tells us that boards have a natural tendency towards the financial when it comes to metrics and measurement. And and I think innovation is is, is yet another example of an area in of, a, of an organisation's activity in which financial metrics are, are not actually the best way to to um, to understand what's going on and the impact it's having. Um, a lot of people I interviewed spoke of the challenge that arises when you need to put pounds and pence next to innovation activity, and and in, particularly in large organisations, I think this is um, this is a real challenge, an innovation activity may only generate a small revenue or profitability impact for some time. It's easy to get distracted by that and not, not see the bigger opportunity um, when it comes to uh, deciding whether or not to sustain the investment that's required to deliver that, that, that in the short term, relatively small gain. So I think it is very difficult. And I think the general consensus was that putting pounds and pence on it is a really black and white, uh, far too black and white, far too simplistic way of looking at it. The thing that the uh, board members and executives that I spoke to pointed towards was the need to look more for indicators um, and to make sure that you're delivering the, the steps on the road that you committed to delivering in order to see the outcome. So it's about breaking that outcome down into the things we need to see along the way to give ourselves conviction that the hypothesis was right and that this thing will work in, in the long run. So that's obviously a very different way of collecting and sharing information for a board than many organisations are kind of naturally inclined to do. Um, and there are some things you can do as well, I think, to, to complement that. So um, yes, find the KPIs that you can measure that will tell you that. And I think there's a 
there's a lot of value in things like net promoter score and employee satisfaction and things which are already um, adding a lot of value to other board discussions. Um, sorry, I, I heard board members talking about doing show and tells and uh, retrospectives in board meetings, things that might sound like they belong a little bit more in the agile playbook, perhaps, but you know, short, bite-sized, timely deep dives to help boards really kind of get a proper sheep dip in, in something that's going on, an activity and an innovation activity that's going on and, and helping them to understand how it's how it's going and, and what kind of impact it's generating and where it's likely to go and to complement the, the the data that, that the business is producing around it. I, I think a lot of this also does come to come down to narrative as well. There's an element of it, which is how do we feel about this and creating an environment in which it's it's okay to say that things are not going well as much as to say they are going well is I think it's quite important as well. But yeah, I think it is difficult the solution that most organizations seem to reach is is to mix you know, traditional financial metrics with as many non-financial metrics as they can to indicate towards progress and and um and conviction that a hypothesis is is being proven correct that that's very interesting and, and insightful megan i know this is an area that uh, as you say many boards struggle with and, and the link to some of the cultural measures that you talked about is perhaps one way into this I just want to pick you up on the reference to sheep dipping directors, because I and I want to make it clear that IOD members are not in any way to be compared with sheep. They are fine independent. I was not that. And uh, we, we won't tolerate that sort of comparison, if you don't mind. So uh, no yeah, sheep were harmed in the making. No, of this no sheep amongst our membership. Um, so anyway, switching the subject back to to something I referred to earlier, which is the. The, both the management and, and, and impact and role of innovation for companies of different sizes and sectors. A lot of the people we've been speaking to are either directors of startup companies or small companies or advisors to those companies. And, and what we've heard from them is that very often governance is there to help turn their insight or innovation into a viable business proposition, whether that's by putting a bit of due process around what they're doing or whether it's by bringing in directors who have contacts or expertise that perhaps uh, the management team or the entrepreneur lack. Uh, whereas uh, the impression I get with the larger or established companies of the sort that by and large, I believe you've been interviewing, is that unless they have innovation at the core of their business models, as you were saying earlier, the issue there is how you continue to innovate and develop and not stagnate. And... I didn't. Was, it, was that something that came through in the conversations you had? And, and if so, how are people trying to address it? Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's no there's no question that it is a challenge. I think for larger, more established organisations to be as innovative as it might be perceived that startups or Silicon Valley type organisations are. Um, but I I think that. Certainly the people I spoke to were able to point to some great examples of innovation in established companies. And I think some of that comes down to the, the, those organizations making use of the benefits that being large brings. So there are some distinct benefits to being large and established. One of them is that you've got deep pools of capital, cash, uh, resource to invest. So that might be investing technology and fixing legacy tech platforms. So sorry, investing in fixing legacy tech platforms so that you can create the foundations for future innovation. 
whether you're a small business or a large business, you've probably got some legacy technology that slows you down in, in some way or other. So that, that is quite important. The other is that you can make it exciting for people. You can create incentives that um, stimulate uh, innovation activity. And you can obviously just buy it in as well. So I think there is the opportunity for, for larger um, companies to use their capital to leapfrog quite a lot of this process. Um, the other the other strengths that large organizations have is their ability to tap into talent and expertise um, on a very large scale. So whether that's you know, looking at what we're doing in this market over here for this sort of customer and, and, and applying that to a different customer in a different market, or whether it's simply just kick bigger ideas and problems around. One, one person I spoke to works in a large international bank and was talking about a forum they'd convene for their top 30 uh, leaders just below exec level. And to think about that's a huge amount of intellectual firepower, a huge amount of experience that you can convene in a room virtually or physically. Um, so I think there's a huge benefit that, that large organizations can draw from that. Um, and then I think a lot, a lot of the work that is done well is done by uh, using governance, I think, to try and create time and space for innovation. So that's about creating forums like the one I've just discussed, described um, that enable knowledge and idea sharing. It's about creating innovation committees. Several large companies I spoke to had such committees in place, created a, a dedicated forum for talking about these issues, um, building and ring fencing multifunctional teams, innovation labs, incubators, inter internal kind of quasi-VC funds. These are all things that you know, governance enables you to, to structure and, and can put in place in your organization. So I think, yeah, there's kind of working with the benefits of being large. And then there is using governance to try and help you overcome some of the challenges that being large might bring um, by bringing people closer together. Yeah, and I think that was, those, that was an area that I think has come through again in some of the conversations and that we've been having, which is, being a large organization obviously has many benefits uh, and a lot of the small companies we've spoken to would greatly envy the level of resource or level of talent and so on um now so that's one of the challenges i think for the larger companies is to um bring about that closeness and and, and integration and it's interesting how many examples you've heard and, and we've heard of, of organizations that have tried to set up some cross-organizational structures to, to bring that together. And that, that does seem to be quite an important uh, angle for large mm. organizations. Yes, absolutely, yeah. Were there any other points that have come out in the interviews you've been doing that you feel are particularly important to getting a better understanding of, of the link between the two issues, you know, innovation and governance, things we should be picking up on in our final report? I think ultimately, the important thing that organizations need to get right if they're going to innovate successfully is about is about focus and it's about how that focus cascades through the organization so i i think you can set the tone at the board but if you don't translate that into into the exco and to the level below exco and so on then it it it, it dies quite quickly so i think um it's really important to see governance as the as, as an important device or an yeah. important means of achieving that focus and um, creating the right 
environment, time and space, creating the agenda that enables time to be spent having those conversations that really cut through and that really help an organization to identify those big picture um, insights that will, will shape how and, and, and what they innovate. So you know, what kind of an organization do we want to be in five years time? What's the problem that we're going to be solving for customers that will give us the right to be here in five years time? How is that evolving? These are all questions that yes, need to be discussed at the board, but then they also need to, the, the outputs, the insights that you get from that conversation need to cascade through the organization. So I think it's, um, yeah, focus is, is really one of the most powerful things that an organization can have. And it's particularly important, I think, in an innovation context that you're asking the right questions at the right forums to ensure that that focus, that culture can, uh, propagates through the organization. No, I think that's, I think that's a, a really interesting observation and I entirely agree with you that um, the combination of focus and implementation that you, you talk about there, you know, we can all think of companies that have had great strategies or lovely mission statements or values that have never been implemented and, you know, they're, they're worth no more than the paper they're written on. So, mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's where, in many ways, that's where governance comes in. It's not just about governance at board level, but it's about uh, making sure that the structures beneath it and the reporting lines and, and chains of accountability and the KPIs, as you mentioned earlier, are all, are all contributing to that. So I think that's a very good um, message to to send to everybody who's listened to this, which is it's not enough to think good thoughts or design good systems. You have to keep uh, keep on top of them and make sure they're working as in, intended. Uh, so that's a, an important message, I think, for the for the report as, as well, which we'll want to pick up on. So we'll we'll bring things to a close here now, if that's okay. Thank you very much, Megan, for for sharing with us what you've been hearing from the interviews, and as I said, for you and your colleagues for all the huge contribution you've been making to the inquiry to date. Uh, I think, listeners, if you found this interesting and you want to find out more about the inquiry. You can do so by going to the centre's website, which is www.iod-cfcg.com. Uh, we've also got a LinkedIn account as well that you can look at, and you'll find there the call for evidence we put out earlier in the year, links to earlier podcasts and blog posts and so on. There will be more updates between now and the publication of our report later in the year, so look out for those, and, and thank you for listening.